With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, good morning. Morning everyone, thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us. This is Harriet Kimmick with Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today is January 27th, Monday, January 27th. And what a day this is, it's the day after. I'd like to refer to it that's the day after. Just yesterday, while the rest of us were having Sunday brunch and relaxing, uh, we learned the tragic news that Kobe Bryant, basketball legend and icon, passed away in a terrible helicopter crash in California uh, that took the lives of him and seven others, including his 13-year-old daughter. As you know, Kobe, a longtime Lakers player, uh, spent his entire basketball career with the Los Angeles Lakers. And I don't know about most of us can remember Kobe on the court. I mean, this was someone who touched so many lives and inspired an entire generation of athletes, not just here in America, but around the world. His impact is felt in many spaces where athletes tried and, and excelled and tried to achieve stardom and achievement. And we certainly do feel some sort of uh, loss because he was young as a young man at 41 who led a very accomplished life. Uh, there were some allegations and so on early in his career, but he led an exemplary life off the court. He led a life of service. He gave back to the communities whom he impacted, and he helped and inspired other athletes to become great. He pushed them to greatness. 
And it, it is tragic because it seems that in his second act, after retiring from uh, basketball, that he just wanted to be a husband and a father. He just seemed like he desired being a father to his children. And he and his daughter, apparently, his, his older daughter who wanted to play professional basketball, he began coaching her and her team. And seemed like that was what he desired to do. He has inspired a whole generation of athletes, and certainly, we're certainly it, it's a loss. And and let me just say this, in full disclosure, that this is whenever these kinds of public losses happen, for most of us, the reason we react the way we do is because it's a trigger, right? It triggers a memory of a loss that we might have encountered. And that's where the emotion comes in. It, it, many of us, most of us have never met Kobe. We never touched him. So if you didn't touch him, you can't say that you really knew him, knew him. What we do know, we know of him through media. But his loss triggered a loss that we can remember, that we have participated in. And so it brings back the memory. It's kind of like a physical assault on our emotions because now you're confronted with another loss. So today is the second day. Afterwards, I'm encouraging everyone to unplug. If it bothers you, if it's a trigger that's bothering you, unplug, defilter, right? One of the things that I did yesterday, knowing that going into it, knowing that it was going to be a trigger, I plugged, unplugged. I stopped watching the coverage of it. As, lo- as soon as I learned the confirmation that I dreaded that his daughter was on the on the helicopter. I, I dreaded hearing that. As soon as I learned that, that was it for me. I unplugged. I didn't read any more Twitter. I didn't want to see it. And I went and watched something else because it triggered a loss in me. It triggered the memory of a loss and how to deal with it. I didn't watch the Grammys because I knew it was going to be covered. I knew they were going to talk about him, and I knew they were going to talk about Nipsey Hussle, the other young man from California who died uh, last year. So for me, I wasn't going there, and I encourage everyone, if it's bothering you, on trigger. These are folks whose lives impacted sports, but it wasn't just sports. Here in America, sports is a religion, much like anywhere else in the world. If you, you know, uh, two-thirds of the world plays soccer. So soccer is a religion in other parts of the world. Here in America, it's sports. In America, we are gods, politics, entertainment, sports, sex, and money. Those are our gods in America. And anyone who plays sports knows knows that that's an, that he's an icon. In fact, his image, even for the generation who are just born, if they're playing any kind of video games that include sports, his image is going to be on it forever. So you couldn't escape it. Uh, yesterday, uh, my daughter, one of my daughters is a millennial, and the other one is a Generation Z. So I asked them both, what did they think, right? And the millennial said, he was our hero. That's who we grew up with. And I was like, but you didn't even play sports. <laughs> what are you talking about? And she said, but he is, to, he is to us what Michael Jordan is to my generation. My generation are Michael Jordan, Right? For them, it's Kobe. So I asked my 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 generation Zier, what is Kobe to them? And she said the same thing. She said he's our icon. 
I said, I thought uh, LeBron was your guy. And she said, yeah, but Kobe is Kobe, mom. <laughs> you don't get, when you throw stuff in the basketball, in the, in the basket, she said, you, she said, most of the kids in my school, that they're, they call it kobe or something. So here we go again. We're confronted with another national loss. And tragic though it is, we send prayers and healing to everyone affected. There were other folks on that aircraft as well. An entire family was wiped out. And man, it's the day after and we're still in shock. So to Kobe's family, his wife and young children, they have a six-month-old daughter. We send love, joy, and peace. Love and peace. And to the other families who are hurting, the other families who are experiencing pain as a result of their loss, and to everyone today for whom this might have triggered something, I send love and peace to all of you. My best wishes and prayers is that you will find comfort and peace in this untenable situation. I know for the next couple of days, they're going to search for answers, but we're never going to hear the answer that we want to hear, which is why. It is what it is. His book was written. We didn't know when it would end, but his book is written. I say to all of us, live your life to the fullest. Make sure that you do everything that you are supposed to do. Don't hesitate. Don't quit. If there's one thing you can say about Kobe, from the time he hit the national spotlight at 17, he never quit. He never stopped. He kept going and going, pursuing greatness and blazing a trail behind him all the time. Even in his second act, he didn't disappear. He was formed a production company where was making stories to inspire the next generation to be great. Ladies and gentlemen, my friends, please, I'm asking you, do not give up. Do not quit. Spend every day as if it's your last. Make sure you are doing what you are supposed to do every day. One of the first questions I asked myself, When I heard the news yesterday, I asked myself, what are you doing about what you've been called to do? And I'm so glad I could answer that I'm doing everything I can to make sure I am on assignment in my spot where I'm supposed to be. Ladies and gentlemen, time does not belong to us. We don't own time. Time owns us. And we have a mark to make. Make your mark. Don't just sit back and let it just thinking you have all the time in the world. There's so many people who have a dream, so many people who have something to do and sit back on it and do nothing about it. If there's one thing about Kobe's life that he taught us, is you got to pursue excellence and greatness. It doesn't just come because you're sitting. you got to go after it. He had incredible discipline and focus. He was determined to be great at his sport. He was a kid when he was drafted into the NBA He could have gone the way of everybody else, but he pursued greatness. And he did it every day, every time he played the game. That's what you and I are supposed to do. Be great at what you do and start somewhere. It's January 27th. It's 27 days into the new decade, 27 days into the new year. If I were to ask you, where are you on your vision board thingy? Where are you in terms of the goals that you set for yourself? What would you do? What would you tell me? Would you tell me that you're aspiring? Would you tell me that you're working on it? Or would you tell me that, man, I'm tired, I can't be bothered? So many people want to do something but don't have the drive to do it, won't push themselves to do it. 
Greatness does not come to you while you're sitting on a fence. Greatness comes while you're walking to pursue it. You better go get it, right? Go get it. And today I just want to say, if this triggered anything in you, just unplug. That's what I did, right? Well, I came across a story. It's interesting that we're talking about California. This was scheduled from last week. (laughs) I didn't have a choice in this. And uh, we wanted to... um, I read this story, and I was completely blown away about uh, California lawmakers wanting to uh, to name uh, painkillers as carcinogens. Carcinogens are cancer-forming agents, right? And uh, I was a little taken aback by this because the drug industry for years has told us that taking an aspirin a day prevents strokes and prevents heart attacks. They have told us that if someone is having a stroke, give them an aspirin because it's a blood thinner, right? And what we, what they fail to tell us, the drug makers, that is, is that people, studies have shown that people who have taken aspirin over time, after five years, develop some kind of chronic long-term illness that results in death. Hey, nice to see you. Welcome back, Right? You see what I'm saying? And and what happens is they fail to tell us that because they don't want these studies, these studies publicized. Y'all are hearing me. And I know you're going to be just a shot. But if you know somebody taking an aspirin, you need to go talk to them. Tell them to go back and see their doctor. Because now they're finding that in the manufacturing processes of these drugs is a product, is, a, is an agent called NDMA. NDMA is cancer, gives cancer. I think what they're trying to do, they probably have always known this. We, we learned of this uh, from the Johnson & Johnson uh, baby powder scandal. But we find that what, the studies are saying that NDMA as an agent comes when they're manufacturing stuff. So it seems like anything that is manufactured, it's just like sugar, right? You know what they tell us, don't drink sugar, don't have anything to do with sugar. Well, I use brown sugar in my tea every morning. That's as much sugar I'm going to have for the entire day, right? And I don't like white sugar because I think that white sugar is too processed. I grew up where sugar was uh, sugar was just sugar. Sugar was brown. And they used to tell us don't use white sugar because it's no good for you. So I don't use white sugar. I use brown sugar, right? I don't believe in the other types of sugar replacements, because I think those things are manufactured and are just as lethal as the white sugar you're avoiding. But the problem is they don't want to give you sugar in its pure form. So when I go to the grocery store, I look for the darkest sugar there is, because that's the one that has less manufacturing and is exposed to less chemicals to take the color out. Hundreds of years ago, when Europeans were looking for spices and so on. They traveled to the East and the West in search of things, right? When they encountered natives in other lands who were making sugar, the sugar that was exported was brown, right? In the country where I grew up, sugar makes rum. It's a natural. So you know everybody drinks their rum, <laughs> right? <laughs> and sugar is, is, is what makes rum. So uh, in the refining process, the alcohol that is produced becomes what becomes rum, okay? But sugar is brown. 
So the darker the sugar, the better it is for me, right? But so now they should have labeled sugar as a carcinogen because the, 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 the process to make it white is the problem. Just like now they're telling us that uh, aspirin and acetaminophen, acetaminophen is probably in everything. Isn't that what we take when we have a headache? Isn't that what we take for pain? It's for pain. And now they're telling us that acetaminophen is a painkiller. As a painkiller has carcinogens. Darn. And so the rest of the country is like, well, you know, California just hastens to do stuff. I kid you not. Thanks to the California lawmakers, a lot of the stuff that we now know of that have warning labels was because California lawmakers said so. Because they did their research and they decided that they were going to be an agent for change to change the public. Right? You're not going to find any kind of stuff like this down in Mississippi or Louisiana because those people are backed by lobbyists and money-hungry people who are not interested in the public's good. But we, this is part of, when you look at this, this is a bigger part of the opioid crisis because the people who take aspirin, there are people right now who take an aspirin a day to keep a heart attack away. And those people are the ones who are most at risk. And the study that I read, part of the study that I read, indicates that after five years, that these folks were actually dying from chronic illnesses like cancers. And you were like, well, what happens? I say this all the time. You go to the doctor as part of your physical well-being, your well check, right? You go to the doctor, and they tell you your blood pressure is high. So they start giving you blood pressure medicines that some of them, lisinopril and so on, still give you, give you cancer. Within five years, people get sick. You go to the doctor, use your blood sugar, they start giving you stuff for that. You get sick. Now it's aspirin? But how long has this been going on? That's the real question. How long has the drug maker known this? How long have they known this and kept it from the unsuspecting public? See, we believe and we trust that if you're going to put a product out there for distribution and for public consumption, that you're going to give us warnings that the, using this product in excess has negative, has negative impacts and ramifications, right? The ramifications, right? Okay, so that's what we trust the Food and Drug Administration to do. But we're finding out now that the Food and Drug Administration is subject to what? Lobbying. They're subject, it's supposed to be a federal agency with oversight of the drug industry, but somehow the, the, the oversight thing is gone. The over part of the oversight thing is not happening. We would never have had an opioid crisis because we know for years that doctors were being given incentives and were incentivized to write prescription drugs that people did not need. We all knew that was going on. We all know that doctors were being, that they hired cheerleaders and football players and handsome and good-looking people to go uh, to be uh, drug sellers, to be uh, salespersons, so that the doctor there are appealing and attractive and they can convince the doctor to take the drug and prescribe the drug. The doctors don't sell the drugs, but they will write a prescription if they're incentivized. In fact, here in Michigan years ago, when I was involved in healthcare, they had passed a law that doctors could not write prescriptions from, dr- from certain drug makers and, 
it, it, the, uh, drug, uh, drug salespeople couldn't just visit the doctor and so on. They had placed caps on it. But that didn't stop the opioid crisis from developing in Michigan. We already had had a problem with Oxy. Oxycontin and Vicodin, where they used to call it the good Vic, Vic was rampant on the streets. If they want to do something about containing the opioid crisis, you know one of the first things they need to do? They need to revisit the pharmacy law. Do you know anybody can open a pharmacy? Here in Detroit, if you go where to go into the, into, in, into the, uh, the, the, the metro of Detroit, right? If you're going to go, there are so many registered pharmacists. There are like over 200 pharmacists registered because all you need is the, a pharmacist. And you can find anybody who will give up their DEA control number. And you have, they have access to drugs. They can buy the drugs and distribute it without impunity. That's how the opioid crisis started in Detroit. It was started by random people who owned pharmacies who were selling these pills on the street for $10 a pill. I was in healthcare, and I was appalled because people, all of a sudden, everybody had back pain. But when you, the physical therapist went out to assess them, it was like, you don't really have any pain, but you want the doctor to write your prescription? What's going on? After a while, people began, we began to realize that this had started as a problem. Then people moved on to antidepressants because antidepressants produce a high. I remember a patient told me that the Vicodin made them feel like they were floating. And I'm like, so you want to float all day long? You don't have a job. You don't have children you're responsible for, <laughs> right? And so the opioid crisis, this now, is an extension of the opioid crisis. Because now you have to wonder to what extent, to what extent has the public been hurt? Are you all with me? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Can you imagine aspirin now, dude, is a carcinogen. Talk to me. Our parents took, probably your, your mom and dad probably taking aspirin a day, an uncle and aunt, somebody. And within a few years, you notice people are dropping like flies. Did they always know this? And they didn't tell us. I don't blame California lawmakers for trying to make the public safe, for coming up with earmarks and placing boundaries on what drug makers can do, because they're doing this with impunity. They're doing this as if they can get away with it and there's no accountability. There's no such thing as anyone holding them accountable. How on God's green earth could aspirin, a common thing as aspirin, give people cancer? How? That after repeated use of taking it. I'm not going to kid you not. When you have a headache, I never had headaches until I moved to Michigan. I suddenly find myself with migraines, especially here in Michigan, where the weather is iffy. When I tell you it's iffy, it is iffy around here. So when the temperature, it's winter, why can't it just stay 20s for the entire month? It varies, it goes up and down. The barometric pressure in the atmosphere gives you a headache. Sometimes the headache is so blinding, you become allergic to lights and so on. You can't do anything, right? So I would take something with acetaminophen, aspirin, right? Acetaminophen is just another name for aspirin. I would take something with that because it took the headache away quicker than ibuprofen would. I didn't know I was setting myself up. 
Maybe I should, you know, maybe I should go have a chat with these drug makers. But more importantly, our lawmakers, because lawmakers are sitting back acting as if they don't have a role to play. Heck, you do. Yeah, you do. It's your responsibility. It's your fault. You didn't do anything to help the public. Did you? You just kind of sat there and took their money. You know, we have to find a way to de-incentivize the drug industry. That's what we need to do. We need to find a way so that they don't continue to use uh, their lobbying position to pay lobbyists, to pay to, to lobby politicians and providing incentives to politicians to get legislation passed in their favor. Politics, we've always known, has always been about money. The person with the most money is going to get elected. The person with the most money can pay off everybody else. It's never about the popular vote. It's about the person who appears to be popular because they can afford the advertising. We know that. But to actually think that when it comes to our health, that people are turning a blind eye because they're making money is something else. We need to, we need to, we need to re-examine that. I, I myself, I couldn't believe it. When I read the story, at first I was like, phew, isn't that something? But to, after the fact, to actually discover that this is actually real is mind-blowing. There are so many people who take an act. So you and I might not be impacted because it's occasional that we would take an aspirin or take acetaminophen. It's occasional. In other parts of the world, what we refer to as aspirin, okay, what we refer to as acetaminophen here in America is called paracetamol in other parts of the world, right? It's made by uh, a drug maker in Britain and I think Germany that distributes it to other parts of the world, right? But here in America, we call it acetaminophen. In other parts of the world, it's called paracetamol. And it's a powerful painkiller. It wipes out fevers and headaches and pain in, your jo- in, in people's joints and stuff like that, right? It seems to me that we really need to go back and see food as healing, right? Try to eat a plant-based diet as much as you can. If you can, go for an entire week without chicken, an entire week without red meat, and see the manifestation and the difference it will make in our lives. Our environment is so toxic. The fumes from motor vehicles, all that emissions from motor vehicles in our modern life, all the emissions from running your heat, your air conditioning, all those gases, the combustible gases, going up in the atmosphere is warming the planet and causing all these natural and catastrophic weather systems that we're seeing around the world. But at the macro level, we're also imbibing toxins. Whether we imbibe those toxins from foods we eat, the water we drink, right? As well as just breathing in the air. And most of us have tried to manage what we imbibe, what we take in. Some of us don't drink alcohol, don't do drugs, right? And try as best as possible to eat as well as you possibly can. But then you get a headache and you find out that if you continue to take the headache, the the acetaminophen pill, that you're going to end up with this. 
untenable. What do you all think? Right? This, this is something that requires us to pay attention to our bodies. Now, my friends, I'm going to tell you if you pain in your body, go to your doctor. But I'm also going to suggest that you examine your diet. There are certain times when I know that I haven't taken my vitamins or I haven't eaten as well as I should be, right? When I start tasting something or I feel like eating something, then it's an indication that the mineral found in that uh, vegetable or that food, I'm not getting enough of. So I've learned to identify it. If I start dreaming of tomatoes, I know, or I start tasting tomatoes, I know that I haven't, I don't, I'm not getting enough vitamin A. If I feel like I want to drink milk, I know I'm not getting enough calcium. Do you see what I'm saying? Right? And if, I speak, if I'm craving, craving sweet stuff, that means I need protein. So I go and I eat more eggs, right? I eat more peas, more beans, right? Just to make sure that I fill myself up with protein. I also eat more green stuff. I believe in spinach. I believe in kale. They say to have pesticides. Okay, so put it in some water and soak it off. Pesticides are on all the fruits and vegetables anyway, so wash them. I was telling somebody the other day, when you buy your veggies, fill the sink up with water and wash it just like you're washing dishes. Then rinse it off and lay it on paper towel to air dry. Your veggies, your cucumbers, tomatoes, carrots, and all that stuff, you wash them off, man, and, and your fruits. Because they spray stuff on it. And the stuff they spray on it, that's the real carcinogen right there. It's added to the fertilizer. I remember when I was growing up, right, uh, my grandparents were farmers. And it was their delight to, to say that their farm goods, you know, their vegetables, were not uh, grown on fertilizer. Because they were, at that time, they were saying that fertilizer was bad. Because when you open the bag, it used to smell so bad. My grandmother used to say something must be wrong with it. So they would use good old-fashioned organic fertilizer, cow manure. I kid you not. They planted corn and stuff and veggies. My grandmother had a backyard garden. They used cow manure for it. I kid you not. <laughs> I kid you not. My great uncle and his wife, my, my great aunt, my grandmother's sister had a large farm that they, they farmed products on. They didn't use fertilizer either. They abhorred it. They just planted their crops, made prayed for rain because they didn't have a re- irrigation system. They just lived in a very rainy place and they prayed for rain and planted their crops according to the farmer's almanac. So we never, you see what I'm saying? So we never grew up really eating. But in today's modern way of life, they expedite food production to satisfy all that we want. This is why America then turned to importing vegetables from other parts of Latin America and South America, right? And then then came the, the trade tariffs that just was just trying to shut that out. No, we need our bees and avocados and peas and tomatoes and pineapples, and so on, to come from other parts of the world. Because that's what America wants now. We want more fresh fruits and vegetables. So I'm going to encourage you all, make your own smoothies. Buy your strawberries, bananas, yogurt. Put it in a blender and bow. Just just like that, you have your smoothie. 
Put your spinach or your kale in a blender with a banana and some yogurt. It works. And for added protein, get some raw peanuts. Not the ones that you get in the can. That has been a manufacturing process has been added to that. Just get raw peanuts. I used to buy them at the food market with the shell and just, you know, just beat it out of the shell just to make sure I don't get anything that is processed because for a long time I was allergic to peanuts. It's a manufacturing process that covered it with a layer that made me unwell. But if it's raw peanuts, I don't have any problems with it. Just put it in a blender with some yogurt and banana or strawberries to add flavor, and you're good. You get a shake. You get your protein shake. Right? I'm telling you, friends, check what you're eating. Don't buy that. Uh, I know most of us in our fast-paced lifestyle, we tend to just grab something at the supermarket in a box and go home and make it. Can I just suggest that on a, on a day when you're off, whether that off day is a Saturday or a Sunday, or whether it's a Monday or a Tuesday, plan your meals out. You're only going to eat these many options. And if you are not available to cook all the time, then go make your, plan your meals. Cook your meals and freeze it. Put it in a Ziploc bag or put it in a container that you can store in your freezer. And then for that day, the day when you're ready to eat it, you take it out and put it in the bottom of the fridge. By the time you come home, it's ready to be served. You're just going to heat it and serve it. At least you won't be getting any more chemicals and any more toxins. Reduce it as much as possible. A few days ago, somebody was telling me how their immune system, their doctor told them their immune system was compromised and was low. And I said, that is traced back to your diet. Do you take vitamins every day? No. Okay. What do you eat? Well, I said, there's a problem. Don't eat stuff from a can. Minimize that as much as possible. So many people think that eating veggies out of a can is healthy. Buy the stuff. That's why there are still fruit markets across the U.S. Yeah, I know they, they, they crack down on undocumented workers and stuff like that, right? Didn't they? Like they weren't a part of the economy. That didn't make any sense. Thank you. You drive for a living? You drive for a living. So you are not at home a lot. What do you eat? Do you just drive into the drive-thru and pick up something on the go? Make a sandwich. You made chicken last night, make a roast chicken sandwich, or you had roast chicken last night, make a roast chicken sandwich and travel with it the next day. Yeah? So you may not want to make a milk product or a dairy product in your smoothie to drink, but you can make other fruit drinks too. You can make melons. You can blend melons with a strawberry. You can, If you don't want a banana, there are so many other fruits that you can blend. That's the fruit drink that you can travel with. Just freeze it and take it into your vehicle with you the next day. You'll be healthier. And for the love of God, people, are you drinking water? Raise your hand if you drink water. Raise your hand if you drank water this morning. Raise your hand if you drank water last night. Y'all ain't raising your hand. You don't even drink water. Do you drink water? You should. You gotta drink water. When you start feeling dizzy sometimes and tired, you probably are just dehydrated. I guarantee you, pick up a glass of water and take a few sips or a cup if you're near one of those drinking places in your offices. 
just drink some water and see the difference it will make. Sometimes when we feel hunger, we're not really hungry. We're just thirsty. Water is life. Drink more water. I, you know, my ex-boyfriend was is one of those persons who, um, not this morning, though, right, who used to drink pop. When I met him, he was drinking pop at night. And I'm like, somebody has a death wish. I said, that's the chemicals in that destroys the, can- the, the calcium in your body. That's number one. And number two, that's setting you up for diabetes overnight and high blood pressure. Have fun. Why don't you drink a glass of water? Right? He thought I was weird. Then he would always complain about feeling tired all the time. I said, that's diet. Change your diet. Eat this. Eat more beans, more peas, more of that stuff, and see how it will improve you. I guess the next girlfriend probably did something better because here we are. He's there and I am here. <laughs> right? <laughs> he just didn't want to hear about that because he was so accustomed to a lifestyle. And that is the thing with all of us. We all have patterns that we can't break. You're so used to Have you guys noticed that? You're so used to going to the drive-thru for breakfast in the morning. The other day, my daughter and I were driving down the street, and she felt like eating a McGriddle. You know, a McGriddle is one of McDonald's best things they ever made. The thing is as sweet as pie. You can only eat it if you're under 12, <laughs> right? And she ordered for herself and someone else two McGriddles and two hash browns. You know, it was $12. So I said, wait, you can go to the Coney Island and get an egg, bacon, and toast for less than $12. Come on now, right? You drink shakes almost every morning, right? So I'm saying for most of us, due to the fast pace of our modern life, even for those with children, you get up in the mornings and run to the nearest drive-thru to get your breakfast. Well, you're filling up on a lot of carcinogens right there because nothing there is really real, right? Take that sausage thing out of your day. You can eat bacon. You don't have to eat it every day, right? You can eat ham, not every day. But drink more water and try to replace a lot of the foods because if everything, even if the if everything we touch is going to give us cancer, there's there are not many options that we have, are there? If even the painkiller is going to give us cancer, sounds to me like we have issues, <laughs> doesn't it? Sounds to me like there are some serious issues, not just in in the food system. Not just, but in the delivery of the food system. It seems to me there's, there, there's some real issues in that. And I just want to know, where is this all going to end? I can't believe that I'm actually saying that acetaminophen gives people cancer, but that's what California lawmakers believe, and they're considering declaring it. And they're going to do it if they feel, because they say the evidence supports their decision. And they're not just hyping stuff up to get the public more hyped. Because after all, it was they who said the chemical in Roundup would cause cancer years ago until someone actually died from it. And now it is so. So for all, this is why, you know, in in my, my flower garden last summer, my neighbor has the most beautiful flowers and so on. But I noticed that in the spring, she was walking with a bottle of Roundup. So I was like, hey, girl, what's up with that? Right? She was, yeah, because it's, it's, you have it in your garage. Hey, you, we all have it in our garages attached to our homes. We're inhaling the fumes 
from our motor vehicles when we drive in, plus the stuff we have in our garages. All the paint, the thinner, right? All the chemicals and so on. I tell you the honest truth. When I became aware of this two years ago, I, I went and cleaned out. I went in my basement and looked at what do I have in there. I'm like, you're inhaling that stuff. That baby was out of there. Right? <laughs> to hell with God. Don't say that. Somebody saying to hell with California while I live there. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no, just no. Just nah. <laughs> right? But do you see what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, we got to take, take authority over this. And we have to take control of this. We've got to monitor our health for our benefit. Look at it this way. If Kobe Bryant's death taught us anything, it's that you only get this one life. You get this one time to run around this stuff. We, up until now, for all the people who believe in reincarnation, we've never seen Tom Jones or anybody who has gone, Jack, Jim, come back and say, hey, when I was here, I was this, but now I'm this. No. So there's no such thing as you get a second chance to do this. So while we are here, give yourselves a chance. Start your day off right. Drink some water. I do. First thing in the morning, I drink some water. If I don't, uh, it's not going to be a good day. It will also make you stimulate your organs to go eliminate. Did you know that? I drink water at night before I go to bed to make sure that I don't, I, I can't be bothered with that. Sometimes, especially during winter when the heat is on, sometimes you wake up and the back of your throat is really dry. I take a sip. I drink water through the day. You're going to find that as you drink water, you'll feel better. Right? It helps to eliminate. Sometimes it's not just what we take in, it's what we keep. And it sits there and ferments and releases all these toxins that make our physical body or body's environment toxic so do they used to call it back then a colon flush how about just go to the bathroom and eliminate properly eat more fiber and stuff eat jalapenos y'all ain't eating jalapenos you think jalapenos that's what Mexicans eat and that's what those people eat yeah and then in the meantime you, you go and take metamucil that gives you cancer think about that Eat the foods that will make the environment in your body less toxic. Look at me. I'm just trying. <laughs> I'm just trying, right? I'm just trying for the life of me. If it, Look at it this way. If painkillers are giving us cancer, going to the hospital, what next? Why, why do we pronounce jalapenos? When California claims that water causes cancer, water does. Well, you don't believe that the manufacturing, if you really heard the beginning of this podcast, we talked about in the manufacturing processes of everything, there's a product, there's an agent release called NDMA. It has a long uh, name. I can't pronounce all the syllables in it. But that is part of the manufacturing process involved in anything, even in water. Just by placing, pouring uh, chemicals into the water to clean it and sanitize it, because we recycle water, the water we flush today becomes the water we drink tomorrow, 
right? The product that is used to sanitize and clean that water, NDMA is produced in it. So if California says, it's not about what California says, it's what the science says. And I think that's what we need to focus on. It's what the science says. So you may not like my pronunciation of the word jalapenos. That's your issue. That's how I pronounce it. I didn't grow up speaking Ebonics. I didn't grow up speaking English. Uh, British English was my first language. So my emphasis and pronunciation are probably going to be very different from what you experience and what you're accustomed to. So let me just give you that, that I come from the British Caribbean, and so my pronunciation is perhaps very different from what you're accustomed to hearing, right? And somehow what is in you doesn't come out of you, so it's been there all my life. It is what it is. I've been a public speaker all my life, hence my natural intonation and inflection reflects my background, right? So, California, lawmakers are considering declaring painkillers as carcinogens. Interesting. Acetaminophen, aspirin. I just wonder about the folks who have been taking an aspirin a day to prevent a heart attack. I just wonder. I just said, everyone, go get checked out. Because stuff can lay latent in our bodies. And while I want all of us to be healed and to think healing thoughts and to live as close as possible, a lifestyle that is reflective of what you desire for your body, I recognize that that is not always possible in the physical environment and the spaces that we occupy because we don't have much control over the air that we breathe. We can control some of the water, but that's what we think, but we have to place chemicals on the water to produce the desired effect that we want. And those chemicals at the same time might have side effects and causes that we might not see in the immediacy, but we'll see later. Right? So let me read some of your comments. Somebody says, you drink water while trying to cut out meat. That's good. I got some trolls on here. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> Somebody says you appreciate me educating. Thank you, sir. Right? Uh, I got some trolls on here. Yeah, I have some. You know how it is. <laughs> There's always one in every crowd, right? But I, I, as we leave today, can I just say, as we leave today, I want us all to focus on life. I want us to focus on what is it that you have not done that you want to do. There must be something. Do it. Even if you start it, just do it. Right? Even if that's all it is, start it and do it. I am so grateful that I get a chance and that when I found that I had a vision and I had a dream to do something, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I got to do it. But a lot of that was my own initiative. I had a dream, but I got up to do it. I demonstrated that I wanted to do it, and I initiated. A lot of folks have dreams, but don't initiate. If you don't start, how will you finish? It really doesn't matter where you start. You know what matters is where you finish. Kobe Bryant started in a school district in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We never heard of. Had it not been for Kobe, we wouldn't have known they existed. But you know what mattered? What matters is where he finished. 
at the top of his game, a transcendent figure who transcended not just sports, but whose impact was felt across a way of life. Is that what your impact is going to be? Is that what you're going to do? What will people say of you? Don't just let them say that, ah, they went to school. Kobe didn't get a degree. He played basketball, but he used that to teach others how to be great and to encourage and inspire a whole generation yesterday who acted as if he were someone they knew they grew up with. They talked to my children. I know I'm finding out my nieces and nephews are talking about him as if he were someone they personally knew and touched. Is that what your impact is going to be? My mom died three years ago, and three years later, people are still talking about her. What is your impact going to be? In spite of all this, do something that starts. Be great at what you do. Live well. Be great. Right? This is Harriet Kimmick. This is a down-to-earth conversation on California lawmakers declaring painkillers as carcinogens. And while that might be so, I'm also encouraging you all to live a down-to-earth existence. Right? Visit my website, HarrietKimmick.com, as well as my pages on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts. <laughs> I'm on your favorite podcast platform. Visit my pages and help us become a supporter by clicking support this podcast. Thank you so much for your time with us. And today, just send love and peace. Love and peace. Love and peace to all who are hurting as a result of yesterday's tragic event. That was something that was highly publicized. But there are people who still died in hospitals yesterday, whose family members perhaps died from gunshots, whose family members died in, in conflicts around the world, and whose family member might have died from something as simply not waking up going to the hospital and never coming back. I just send love and peace to everyone. I think if we all do that, it will create a wave of love where we start seeing ourselves as fellow citizens and as fellow humans instead of attaching labels to each other. Thank you so much, everybody. This is Harriet Kimmick. I want to just extend a happy day to all. I know it's challenging today. But I want to thank you. This is Harriet Kemmerich with Down to Earth. Be blessed, everybody. Hi. So let's start that wave with a amen. Thank you. Let's start that wave with a I agree with that wholeheartedly. Let's start that wave with a you ever heard that saying, let peace begin on earth, but let it begin with me. Let love begin on earth, but let it begin with me. Thanks, everybody. Be blessed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back 
and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 